same old people That kind that'll sell your soul Trade it for a shining stone Ain't nothing in this life for free Running from the greatest evil Finally don't know me A man's gotta fight temptation Hello and welcome back to the First and Ten podcast. Um, this is what episode seven, I think, of uh, our draft podcast. Um, this week we are looking at the interior defensive line. Um, joining for that, we've got uh, Lee Wakefield. How are you, Lee? Yeah, good, thanks, Dave. How are you? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. So feels, feels like ages since we've done one of these. It does, really, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, good to be back. Yeah. yeah, I think we've got a sort of quite a good group to look at this week. Um, yeah, we're getting towards the sharp end now, aren't we? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we said last time that we've probably got sort of all good ones to come ready from now. So yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's um, a couple of really good players, and hmm. you know, two two of the best players in the draft, I think. Yeah. In this uh, group, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely well, agree with that one. Yeah. Um, well, might as well crack straight on with them, I guess. Um, <laughs> who, who who have you got at number five? So number five, I'm just going to put this out there. Um, it's a bit of a cheat. Yeah. I was just telling you just before we came on. Uh, this guy yeah. plays on the edge a little bit more, but I like him if he moves inside uh, you know, when he gets into the pole. But it's Charles Amenehu from Texas. Uh, yeah. So, as we saw at the combine, he's super long, like super long arms. I think it's like, I wish I'd brought the numbers up now, I mentioned it, but I think he's like getting on for 38 in charms or something like that. You know, really, really long. I think that's going to be able to sort of outreach and out leverage like, the shorter arm guards, and that's why I kind of like him. Um, out there. And obviously you can switch him outside as well, he's going to be an inside and out player um, because he's really quick. Um, you know, and it's something they did at Texas so it wouldn't be a completely foreign move. Uh, I think he's a true competitor, always fighting to the end of the play. Uh, and I think he's improved on every year. It's something that you, you've probably picked up and you're listening, you've probably picked up and you mentioned, that growth that you want to see um, that each year as someone goes through college, you don't want him to sort of stagnate, he might peak already as an athlete as a player. Uh, no, I think I've seen that with many who uh, throughout his college career. I think his best trait is his hand usage, and I listened to an interview with him uh, not too long ago, and it said he, he studies Joey Bosa, and Bosa's one of the best technical linemen in the league. So obviously, if he's sort of looking to go down that route, that's is something that I like to hear, and you know, it means he's a student of the game, so I, I like to hear that as well. So. Um, yeah, yeah, quite quite impressive, Charles Menehue, and he's my number five. Yeah, I, I really like him as well. I think, so I think, say he is playing on the outside, but yeah, I, I like him on the inside. And I was just quite like that versatility he brings. I think he's. This, God, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all about that now, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's, we saw it obviously a couple of years ago now with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, and they just had that rotation of linemen that could just just play any position. And just rolling him in and out, and you know that's the sort of versatility and the sort of uh, flexibility that you want as a coordinator. Yeah, I think I think we sort of basically this to every single podcast so far, but then versatile players just make it so much easier to game plan, doesn't it? Or makes it so much harder for the opposition to game plan anyway, doesn't it? It's sort of it's such an advantage having a player that can sort of do a bit of everything, where you can just sort of move him around and do different things with them. Yeah, exactly. I think the the pit that I agree with the most on what you just said is the. It's difficult for the opposition to guess, you know, what you what you're going to do, depending on where your players are lining up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just another wrinkle, isn't it? Yeah. Just another thing for the opposition to think of. Yeah, I'd say I really like him in this uh, in this job. Um, so where where do you think he can go? Because I think I feel like he's got quite a high sort of ceiling where he can actually get drafted. I think I think we're looking at the sort of like maybe the back end of the first round. Yeah. Um, maybe probably more likely on the, the start of the second round. Yeah. 
Uh, I've got fits sort of in that range of the Eagles, the Colts, and maybe even the Patriots as well. Yeah. Obviously, the Patriots are, have lost quite a few D linemen in free agency and just in their usual kind of refreshing, refreshment that they do with their roster each year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, many of you have given that burst to it, like we said, and obviously a hard work. I think he kind of seems like a bit of a Patriots player to me. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that maybe, say, if he was that sort of top, end, top of the second round, sort of, well, maybe not quite that high, but. So maybe the Browns, if uh, they wanted that sort of player to sort of really just go for it on that defensive line, because I think he could be ferocious with them there. But then that was sort of mm. p- before that Vernon trade that I was thinking that. So maybe that sort of stops that a little. But uh, yeah, I'll, I think there's a, he's one of them players that could suit a lot of teams out there. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, just going back to what you said about the Browns, I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a coordinator or if I'm a head coach or GM, sign me up for as many pass rushers and D-linemen as you can. Yeah. Because it's, it's something that you need. It's you know you need to be fresh to be sort of the best. Um, so yeah, it's something that I'd, I'd stockpile. Even if you are bringing veterans like Lenny Vernon, you've got Ogan Joby in the middle. You've now got Sheldon Richardson. You've got Miles Garrett obviously on the side. They're not going to be able to play that every snap. So, no, I, you know get him in there and roll roll through and get good players at that position. Yeah, and have a player like him, even if he doesn't play as much this year as he perhaps he would somewhere else. You've got them then there next year, isn't it, when you move on from some of their players and sort of... Exactly, you know. exactly. So, you know, when, when you move on from Olivia Vernon, uh, you know, because he's not, he's not fresh and bright uh, in terms of his age, no. um, you know, he he will take over from, yeah. from that player. And you've already got that ready-made replacement in who knows your system, who's been with you and your coaches for a couple of years, maybe at that time and then you know he's ready to roll straight out the gate yeah so I, I really like him as a player and yeah I think he, mm. I think he's one that could really do well I feel like teams uh, one of them players that I think said before that some of these teams could fall in love with I think in this process I think there's a lot to like about him yeah for sure I think he's I think he's um, spoke of obviously as you know as people like ourselves who got obviously access to this but you know you hear about these things like in interviews and stuff like that and apparently he interviews really well he's like a good, good guy and coaches speak highly of him and stuff like that and obviously that's all the stuff that you want to hear you know from our point of view when you don't have access to that sort of thing first hand yeah so it's, it's always good to hear about these players isn't it and yeah he's mm. definitely one of those mm. um, well, yeah for sure oh I guess that covers him pretty well well we might as well move on to number four who have, who have you got there yeah so number four um, quite I don't know in, in the past like 12 months it's quite dropped to represent from him being uh, number four on my list but it's Ed Oliver out of Houston uh, you know, if we go back 12 months, Ed Oliver's been talked about as the number one pick, uh, you know, and, and our top two lock along with Nick Bosa. Uh, it's not quite, not quite at that level anymore. He's kind of obviously fell down uh, the, the rankings in his position, and probably not just from myself, neither from probably the, the people sort of uh, you know doing this a bit more professionally. Um, but you know, he still remains the fact that he's an unbelievable athlete. He gets unbelievable penetration in the backfield. Uh, and you know, Houston, he was playing as a nose tackle in their three-four base defense. Um, he's not going to do that in the NFL. He's going to be a three-tech. But you know, because of that, he was getting double and triple teamed, and he still got insane numbers. You know, he got f- over fifty tackles for loss in three years. Um, so obviously, the numbers speak for themselves. So obviously, with, with that in mind, obviously incredible production, something that I'm really valuing. At, you know, when I'm evaluating prospects. So why is number four? Well, it's level of competition mostly, yeah. and obviously injuries as well. He's he's been injured, um, and you know he didn't play much this season. Only played eight games when he should have been cementing his, his status as like a top two or top five pick. And then obviously just going back to level of competition, obviously he got to a power five school. 
one to stay at home because I think his brother used to play at Houston or one of a family member. Yeah. And some teams will sort of see that as a bit of a personality defect, you know, not wanting to sort of go away from home and, and see sort of the wider wider country, as I say, wider world, but more wider country and taking himself out of his comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, and I say that's obviously not a great thing in the NFL when you don't really have a lot of choice, do you? But exactly, it's say one of the things I just written down was like if it's like every mock draft I've seen, he's dropping further and further, like every time one comes out. But he feels like he's gonna be a steal for somebody out there. Like I would love it if if you could get him sort of well a bit later than you were expecting. He feels like somebody if you can get him in that sort of bottom half of the first where it looks like he might end up going. And yeah, I would love him there. I think, um, for me, I think his, his sort of floor is the Balkans at number 14. I don't see him going much lower than that. Yeah. Of it. If he does, like like you, and if he was there at 28 for the Chargers, I'd take him. Because yeah. uh, like you're saying, you get an unbelievable player. Um, obviously, undersized, um, but he, he kind of still has the production. He still he can still do that job, even though he's undersized. And he's got built-in leverage, obviously, being just over six foot by the position. So, yeah, no, he's going to be an unbelievable player. He's supposed to be, you know... Obviously, an incredible athlete, incredible work ethic. Um, but yeah, I just think you know when you hear a lot of analysts say this, I think it's just a fit in in the, the Falcons' defense next to Grady Jarrett would just be too too much for them to pass up. I would say. Yeah. I also have him. I think the Broncos is a really nice fit as well, just by the by as well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I really thought about the Broncos, but yeah, I think that'd be a really nice fit. Yeah, the Falcons was one that sort of obvious. I think it's like quite an obvious pick, isn't it? With them, it's uh, yeah, it's one I really liked for him. Um, mm. So, what do, what do you think like the ceiling could be for him? Like, is it that Broncos pick? It could be. It could be slightly earlier. It could be maybe the Bills at number nine. Uh, maybe slightly earlier, like I say. Um, absolute ceiling. You know, if, if uh, let's see. Um, it's hard because he feels like a player that's sort of trending the wrong way, doesn't he? <laughs> More, exactly, like... exactly. And, you know, you're trying to sort of make the case that, that was being made you know, months ago about him going to the top five again, and then you're trying to think. You know who's picking that high? Uh, and you look, you're going through. So obviously, he's not going to go number one. He's yeah. not going to go number two with San Francisco. And obviously, uh, the investment they've made on the defensive line. Don't see the Jets taking him. The Raiders just invested two pretty high picks last year. And the signed Jonathan Hankins. Um, number five is Tampa Bay. They've just signed Vita Vea, or they've drafted Vita Vea. Excuse me. Giants don't see him going there. Yes. Jags again, we've got the loaded Detroit, probably not. So I'd say yeah, maybe the Bills uh, just working through things would be would be maybe the ceiling. But this is you know, like I said, just at the top, like going back twelve months, that's that's quite a fall really for someone who was like a top two lot. Yeah, uh, say say slightly off topic, but I always think that's that sort of thing where people talk so far ahead, don't they? Like players are almost definitely going to go to the top of the draft, like looking ahead to some of the quarterbacks next year and the year after and stuff like that. So much changes, <laughs> doesn't it? Like, I remember like, oh, like Barkley a few years ago, he was like guaranteed to be number one. And is he still in the league now? I can't even, I'm not sure if he's still, you know, not. <laughs> but I mean, it was sort of like he was a certainty, wasn't he? And yeah, I always mm. think people get a bit too carried away with these sort of things, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to qualify that, I think we mean Matt Barkley. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, Matt Barkley, yeah. <laughs> Before, before you get some angry tweets, you know, social media is like... <laughs> Stay calm. Yeah, no, you, you, are, you are right, though, that, you know, you, you do look too far ahead. It's it's kind of... I guess it, it comes from... Obviously, the draft now is, is so well covered, and it's kind of a year-round thing for a lot of people, yeah. and it's becoming even more so. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, you know, once you've watched the whole of this class, you kind of move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that that thirst for some people just to watch prospects and. You know, some people love college football more than they love the NFL as well. Um, and, you know, they're not really bothered about what goes on between September and February. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of the NFL, that is. And they're, they're watching college tape and college games and things like that and just, just doing this and just analysing the draft. And, you know, you, you kind of get ahead of yourself, don't you? And, yeah, it doesn't mean that you miss on certain things. Yeah. You know, it's like when those way too early mock drafts come out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the week the week after the, the draft, you know, in like, what it will be, it'll be like early May, won't it? Someone will do it way too early. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty draft, and it'll just be all over the place. Yeah, it's it, and like I swear, every year the quarterbacks are always too low, and then some of them will rise up. And we like there'll be some mock draft out there where no quarterbacks taken the first round, and then by the time the actual draft rolls around, there's always going to be someone who's going to be going like the top two yeah. or three, isn't there? It's just I don't know why they even try sometimes. <laughs> so it's just... Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the NFL's a long season, even though it's only sixteen games. Yeah. There's going to be so much that goes on. You know, Washington wouldn't have needed a quarterback this time last year, but now they do. Yeah. It's about this injury. You know, you got circumstances like that and just crop up, mm. and that's you, you can't even think that. Yeah, hey, even a week in advance, never mind twelve months. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? So, well, what's well, that? Back, back on track. Um, what's well, that? <laughs> covered Oliver pretty well. So, uh, yeah, number three, another player. I, I, re- so I think this is a bit like the wide receiver class last week. I think there's just a lot of good players in this uh, group. There is. There is a lot of good yeah. players. Uh, yeah, number number three is one of my favourite players in the draft, yeah. actually. A uh, huge fan of Christian Wilkins from Clemson. Um, you know, he he could have come out last year. But, you know, when we were looking at, you know, before the declaration 12 months ago, well, 13 months ago, if we're going to be, you know, technically correct, 14 maybe. Uh, Christian Wilkins has been mocked in last year's draft as a first-round player, uh, but at the back end of the first round. He went back to Clemson, improved his start, won a national championship. I think he's cemented himself in the top 12 of this draft. Yeah. I really think so. he'll, he'll go quite high now. Uh, plays with excellent pad level. Uh, plays a lot smaller than he is. Like, actually looks visibly smaller yeah. than he is on tape, I think, when when you're looking at the defensive lineman, which is obviously never a bad thing for defensive linemen. Something as I said, mentioned of Oliver, it's all about the leverage and, and outworking sort of the leverage and gaining an advantage in that way. He's not the greatest of pass rushers yet, but I think you can see the sort of traits there. Yeah. But I think, you know, in, in terms of physical skill set, I mean, and I just feel like he just needs to become more refined this area and the other piece, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, think he's, I think he's really, really good. Like I said, I think he's nailed it, for, nailed on for the top 12. Uh, I think, yeah, Detroit, um, the Broncos at 10, maybe the Bills again at 9. I don't, like, we were just working through all of them. I don't think that he'll go any higher than that. No. It's... But I don't think he'll slip much further. I think he's got quite a small window of where he'll actually go. Yeah, it, it feels like it's one of them where once one of them goes, the other's going to go pretty quickly after, isn't it? And depending on which team sort of takes the other one, whichever one the team prefers. But yeah, it feels like the same mm. sort of teams, isn't it? Going to be looking at them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. I'm just, it just actually popped up into my head when we were just talking about um, predictions from like 12 months ago. Obviously, 12 months ago or so, we would have seen the prediction that all four of the starting Clemson D linemen were going the first round. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think it'll just be Wilkins, just just you know, just for the record. Um, you know, now I don't think Dexter Lawrence is going to be as valued as a, as a nose tackle, like a true large nose tackle. Although he's a good player, and then obviously you've got uh, Austin Bryant as well, who will be a mid rounder. Yeah. And. Uh, the other one escaped me. I can't remember his name. I can't think either. Now, now that I've mentioned it, I've <laughs> sort of dug myself a little bit of a hole there. <laughs> Tricked yourself there, like. Yeah, I did. But, I did. But yeah, 
Yeah, that's, I think I think it's sort of safe to say. I think Lawrence may be sneaking, but yeah, not for me. I don't think. But yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Wilkins just I think he's just a leader, isn't he? I think he's really one of them players. I think everything you hear about him is just so it's one of them things they say. But like sort of great intangibles, isn't it? Just his character just seems to be some people just rave about, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, no, completely, and that's obviously something that the NFL teams want to see from their like early round picks for sure. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, it just cements them really. Yeah, I think mean, I think that sort of that sort of side of things always helps to almost make them a safer pick, doesn't it? They're not going to just they're not going to flame out for reasons other than they might not be good enough, and which yeah. which is sort of <laughs> if they're going to flame out, then that's probably a better way to do it, isn't it? Than uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that can happen to everyone as well. That's yeah, not exclusive to any any player. Really. Yeah, that's it. And then it's just say, like we say every week, it's just another box ticks, isn't it? It's just a yeah, great character, and say I think you always want these sort of leaders on your team, and I think he's definitely that. Yeah, it's like a culture thing, isn't it? You know, you yeah. want them in culture. You, you hear it a lot of reports out of uh, bad teams and about the culture not being right and your know, locker room discontent and things like that. And you know, if you've got enough culture guys, then that just won't go wrong because they won't allow it. Yeah, and yeah, he definitely feels like that sort of player. Um, and so, well, might as well move on to number two then. Um, Say, so this is a player that, boy, he's number two here, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the second player taken as he from this group, but. Obviously, we'll get on to why, but who have you got another two? So, it's, Je- yeah, it's Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State. It's a massive shame that, yeah, he's not going to be taken, uh, probably maybe not even in the first round, uh, maybe sneaking into the back end of the first round. Someone maybe trade him up to, to take him to get that fifth year option. Obviously, he's going to miss the vast majority, if not all, of his rookie year with that ACL injury that he picked up training for the combine. Yeah, it's just dreadful news, wasn't it, that? Yeah, it was. It was a real sickener, really, because obviously you, you want to see good players go high. But I've just uh, I, what springs to my mind is you know you get you get players like every year. You yeah. know, Miles Jack, Jalen Smith, are two recent examples. So if we're looking at that sort of range, you know, like I say, if someone might think it's worth taking in the first round. I certainly think he is. Um, but someone's going to get a Jalen Smith or Miles Jack style yeah. bargain in the second round if 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 no one does pull the trigger on, on the Thursday night. He's actually Jefferson Simmons. That's my um, number three player on the board. Uh, you know, not taking injury into account. So obviously that's the sort of talent I could, I would evaluate him at. I'd evaluate him just behind Bosa and, and Quinn Williams. But obviously we'll come on to him in a moment. But yeah, he's um, you know, he's another one who plays with great leverage, plays low. He's got great quickness, got great power. Um, you know, he's also got this this injury. It's this um, assault incident in the past in 2016. But by all accounts, he's like reformed character since then. Obviously, that's why he's going to miss the combine. Yeah. Um, but all the Mississippi State coaches rave about him, and everyone who sort of has spoken to him raves about him as a person now. And obviously, 2016 is a long time ago, and I'm not excusing you know assault or anything like that. But people are different to you know me and you. We're probably different people than we were three years ago when we've all made mistakes in our past yeah. and. Yeah, like I say, not 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 condoning or excusing it, but you know, if you if you have character witnesses that say that you're a completely wrong character and you're completely different from that person, then just crack on and just draft a good player. Yeah, and well, he's he's definitely that, isn't he? So it's one of the things I think it's very selfish, obviously. But when that news sort of comes through, you always think, oh, maybe that being the Patriots fan, he might drop to us. He might be able to get him with that back end of that first round because I mean our, our first round picks seem to miss a year every year anyway so we might as well, uh, <laughs> well we might as well draft a player like him anyway so yeah I, I would love yeah. it if we if he fell to us but 
I think you, I think you'll have the opportunity. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be touch and go if we actually, you know, like I say, just get someone to take you in the first round. But it does, you know, that that fifth year option uh, being built into the contracts of the first year, uh, sorry, first round player is uh, it makes it more enticing, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And well, I think I think that's why we see the teams trade into the back end of the first round for some of these. Not so great quarterback sometimes, isn't it? And <laughs> so these weird, weird players. I think that's why you get some of them. That sort of final <laughs> ten picks or so, you get some really odd picks mm. sometimes, don't you? But I think that's sort of the big yeah. reason for it, isn't it? That fifth round option, uh, fifth year option. Yeah, for sorry. sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know who you could be possibly referring to by you know iffy quarterbacks. They've been traded. <laughs> well, <laughs> basically any Browns quarterback take. <laughs> yeah, time. more than that, isn't there? But you know, there's a few oversights. Yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> So, look, Simmons, he just seems so versatile again, another one of these players that can sort of do a bit of everything. Mm, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know what, I think he'd, he'd be great at the Eagles. Yeah, I think yeah. he's factory is another Eagles player. Um, they don't really seem to hung up on you know, drafting players or drafting players with a bit of history, you know, a bit of negative history anyway. Yeah. Uh, so just, yeah, maybe him, maybe going there, or maybe, you know, like if we're talking sort of the start of the second round, we maybe still think the Jets on the books again if they don't take uh, defensive tackles in the first round. Again, another player that I wouldn't mind on the Chargers um, long term, but I guess it, it could be a price because he's not going to play in his, his rookie year. And, you know, if you're a team like the Chargers, you need to sort of get to the next level. It's something that you maybe not be able to take a, a, a bit of chance on. Yeah. It, it, maybe he's one of them players that. Well, the same sort of um, teams we talked about in that sort of 10, 10 sort of area of the draft, if they mm. don't have in the first round, maybe there's someone they'll look at coming back. But yeah, yeah. he's uh, yeah, he's definitely an intriguing player. And so I think I think there's sort of history of them players you've said about, like your Miles Jacks of this world. And I think they're going to help him out probably because they've come back and been real big contributors for their teams, haven't they? Yeah, for sure. And, you know... You know, with, with the advances of medical science and, and physiotherapy and things like that, like an ACL injury is not what it was no. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, 10, 15 years ago, it's a career ender. But now it's zero out, you shrug your shoulders, you take it on the chin and you come back next next year, probably just as strong, if not stronger. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes it's not always the worst thing for some of these players to sit out a year and sort of build up say obviously you don't want it it's not ideal to be uh, tearing an ACL yeah. but <laughs> not recommending it yeah but I don't always think it's the worst thing in the world for some of these players to sort of have a year to just sort of learn stuff and develop and all these sort of things about the pressure of actually getting on the field but uh, mm. yeah he's uh, definitely an intriguing prospect and well we've got a very intriguing prospect at number one and I, th- yeah, I, I think sure. he's a player that could be the best player in the draft I'm not sure but we'll uh, we'll see but who is the number one yeah, so obviously it's Quinn and Williams, yeah. isn't it? We, we just mentioned it a moment ago. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, I don't think it's, it's split 50-50 yeah. with you know, two camps of Quinn is the best or both is the best. Yeah. I think it does shade towards both, I would say. I don't know. If you yeah, I think that. I think the sort of consensus seems to be both, doesn't it? But, but yeah, there's definitely a, a, a bit of a groundswell amongst fans that Quinn and Williams is the best, and maybe that's because Bosa was out injured last year. He... Um, he left Ohio State obviously early, and not a lot. You know, a few people didn't really like that. Um, so I think all this recency bias and sort of opinion on outside factors has a bit of a, you know a bit of a uh, reckoning on that a yeah. little bit. But yeah, uh, Williams absolute game record, isn't he? <laughs> he just lives in the opponent's backfield. Um, last year, nineteen and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. That's obviously for a D tackle. 
Uh, sorry, the Combine, Supreme athlete is his size, uh, running four eight three at almost three hundred pounds. Like how? <laughs> um, yeah, combines this, this speed and this strength and just intensity. He just never stops. He's just going to be a pro bowler very very early on. Whoever takes him at the top of the draft. Yeah, he he just seems just set to be a star, doesn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's one of those where. You know, if we'd done this 12 months ago and you're talking about players who are just going to make the Pro Bowl straight away, you know, Quinn, uh, not Quinn Williams, Quinton Nelson, sorry, yeah. the Q, um, he kind of strikes me as that straight away and did last year. And Quinton Williams is kind of like the same. He's just like, yeah, he's going to be a Pro Bowl. Like, either, if not year one, it's definitely like year two and then like almost forever more until he's got to play. Yeah, he, he just seems... Is it ill? like obviously there's no players that are, but he f- almost feels can't miss for me. I feel like he's just going to be amazing. There's yeah, there's, there's nothing I look at and think of as a weakness with him. He's even nitpicking. I can't even really find something. He's uh, I just think he's no. so good. Yeah, no, there's there's. I think we've talked about this before in previous weeks, but this year isn't sort of at the top. It's not the highest quality draft. Like, there's a lot of good players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's not a lot of blue chip, as they would say. You know, can't miss as you've just said. Prospects. Yeah. There's probably maybe only handful, if that. Yeah. I would say. You know, everyone really pretty much has got some sort of flaw or some sort of um, some sort of. I can't remember the right word. It's like a, a, a group of people who are sort of detracting from. Yeah. Them. I think there's a better way to put it than that, but like, yeah, detractors. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, Williams and, and maybe one or two others just don't have that. Like you say, you have to really look at them and say like. There's nothing really that you can actually say unless you are being incredibly critical <laughs> and like probably a little bit unjust as well. Yeah, I think the only slight thing is he hasn't played that much, has he? He hasn't. Uh, he's relatively inexperienced compared to some of these players, you know, like um, oh, like Wilkins, who's played obviously that extra year, hasn't he, and stuff. But yeah, I think, I think we've spoke about it pretty much every like Alabama defender so far. It's just. Sort of down to the team, isn't it? They just don't really get the chance. These younger players, exactly. They're just a, just a factor. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've seen, we've, you know, we've seen they they churn them out, don't they? Just like thinking back in recent like memory, just off the top of my head, first couple of rounds, we could just narrow down to that. You've got Jerome Payne a couple of years ago, Aishon Robinson, Jeremy Reed, yeah. uh, Darwin Tomlinson. These are you know starters in the NFL that come out from Alabama and play in that position. You know, and you. If you have like a freshman coming up, even behind these players, they're not going to get any game time. They're going to get a few snaps here and there. Yeah, it's... you know, and it's just really difficult coming from that school. Yeah. So you kind of do give players in that position kind of a pass almost yeah. in the experience. I know I talk about experience quite a lot. It might sound slightly critical, but you've got to take context into consideration. And you know, when you are talking about Alabama, you know, defensive linemen especially. Yeah. Um, I just think yeah, you just give them a pass, and especially when they're as good as Williams is. Yeah, and I think. I think it's one of those things, like, like we say with schools, I think you just, you know they're going to be producing good players after good players. I think mm. he's just, it's mm. just another thing for him. And, yeah, I think he's just such a good player. And, I, yeah, well, obviously I don't have to worry about being a Patriots fan, but, yeah, I love him. <laughs> but he feels, like some, he yeah. feels like somebody that a team could almost get a bargain, getting him at, like, four or four or five, just because if somebody, if a couple of these quarterbacks do go a bit earlier, then it looks like exactly. they should. The, then. That, that's what... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the team sort of a bit further down. You know, that's what they're sort of rubbing hands for, hoping for, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if the quarterbacks, because the quarterbacks dictate in the draft every year. No, no matter what the sort of quality of the the class is, and obviously, like we mentioned, this is quite a down year. But that means that the supply is not going to satisfy the demand. Yeah. 
which means you know there's going to be potentially a bit of a rock on for the the quarterbacks on, that are available. And um, so yeah, if we get a couple of trade ups, you know, someone like uh, the Bucks at five could be rubbing their hands together and thinking they're going to get themselves a bargain. Yeah, and. I think I honestly think it would be a bargain. I think they basically got like a number mm. one pick at four or five there. So, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. I think he's a great player. What is uh, are there? Any, are there any other players that you think deserve a mention, or just sort of straight onto the sleeper? Uh, so, uh, a player who just missed out because obviously, like, just going back to my number five. Obviously, if I didn't yeah. have a manicu and went for a proper team in sort of air quotes, yeah, um, defensive tackle, it would have been Draymond Jones, yeah, from Ohio State, someone who I, I quite like. Um, He's not like the greatest pass rusher. Yeah, he's a little bit like Wilkins in that regard. But you can see the traits. He kind of missed out because he's not that athletic. Yeah. Like in 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 comparison with the guys that we've just talked about yeah. from one to four. Uh, but no, I think he'll be a good player. I think he'll sort of go in the, the sort of early to mid second. I think he'll be a solid starter for whoever picks him up. Um, you know, in that in that sort of range. Um, I like um, I like Isaiah Bugs actually from Alabama yeah. as well, who you know, plays next to Quinn Williams. I really did like, although he's not come out. I really like Raekwon Davis as well, who obviously plays in that Alabama defensive line as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously he didn't come out. I had him quite high on the board before the uh, declarations came in. I was quite disappointed to take him off. Um, so yeah, no, there's quite a few. I think we've mentioned in the, in the past. I mean, this is quite a deep, uh, deep. Uh, class for defence tackles. Yeah. So yeah, no, quite a few people that we've not mentioned who, who could get who would make it into people's top five and, you know, be sort of social media or something like you wouldn't sort of quibble it. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely definitely a good group. But um well, I might as well get onto your sleeper. Who 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 have you got for that? So uh, yeah for my sleeper, how about a, a big old nose <laughs> <laughs> Uh Dalen Mack is my my sleeper from Texan AM. Yeah. So he's short, stocky, six foot, for three hundred and twenty pounds, but he's super explosive yeah. for a man of you know, for those dimensions. Uh, and obviously pairs with that natural leverage that we talked about um, earlier on with Ed Oliver. Um means he's got pass rush ability because he can get off the snap and he can out leverage people and burst through it. This isn't the most consistent area of his game by any means. But I think like again like the tools are there and you can get some refinement. Uh, he was he was quite a big recruit when he came out of high school, um, and he went to Texas and then he's not quite looked up to those expectations, but you know, again, it's it doesn't always work out in this sort of you know upward linear trend. Some people go through ups and downs, um, and it, it, I think he's one of those. But he's definitely got the potential. Uh, he's got 27 tackles for loss and eight sacks in four years, so not not eye popping numbers, but not to be sniffed at either. So yeah, quite like him. Yeah. Um, quite like him in the you know uh, second, third round perhaps. You know, because obviously no tackles aren't going to be valued, especially ones no, that aren't top top of the range. You know, obviously. Dexter Lawrence is going to set the ceiling for, for players of that ilk. Um, and then obviously teams that need that sort of player are going to be behooving players up like Mac afterwards. Um, and they're probably going to value the players more than that. So yeah, I think day two is a sort of nice range. I really like him at the Seahawks, maybe the Colts and, and the Chargers as well. Obviously we signed Brandon Meebane, but obviously that's not a long-term solution. But yeah, I like him, especially with the Seahawks. I think that's my, my best fit for him. Um, I like... That's sort of like... It just seems like that sort of player, you know, he's, he's got a lot of energy, he's got a lot of athleticism, and I think that's what, what they're after now, they're trying to get younger on defence. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's definitely a good player, and obviously, uh, I think he was a five-star recruit, wasn't he, coming out, isn't he? He was, yeah, he was, yeah. So yeah, he's, uh, I think the thing, because he's a player that I noticed a lot when um, playing some of these bigger teams, like Alabama, in the Alabama game, I think, was one of the better games, and obviously, that gets a bit more attention, doesn't it? I think that sort of thing helps. Hmm. Yeah, I did, hmm. uh, I did like him. Um, 
it's kind of like a big game player kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. It's uh, something that you want to, you know, you win your rights to the occasion rather than just uh, sort of kicking the asses of the little guys kind yeah. of thing. Uh, it's sort of, it's weird, but yeah, it's 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 almost like he, I don't know, maybe tries harder in them games, but it's not always <laughs> the worst thing, is it, for a player that uh, they can turn it on when it really matters. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's like when you're a young kid, you know, maybe in high school or something like that, if it all comes a little bit easy to you, yeah. because, you because you are just better than, than those around you, uh, maybe you fall into a bit of like com- um, you know, complacency. Yeah. And you know, when you actually get to players that, a sort of more raw level, you know, it, it sort of brings the best out of him, Yeah, and maybe that's one of the things that almost playing in the NFL can help him sort of step up that yeah. game, which is a, a weird thing to say, isn't it? But that better competition yeah, might so help him. Bit of, bit of backwards sort of uh, logic. Yeah, but yeah no, definitely, definitely has worked in the past like, up to other people. Yeah. Well, one player I want to look at was um, Gerald Willis, who's a very mm-hmm. odd sort of player coming out, is he? I think he's got a very uh, sort of weird story, like, because he. Didn't he like take a year off and then uh, yeah he had all sorts of issues didn't he off the field and sort of suspensions and stuff but is this a player that's got a lot of upside to me? Is he one of them sort of classic high ceiling low floor players? Yeah, definitely. I think he, he kind of splits sort of the people who sort of analyse the draft and analyse prospects. I think he splits them quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you won't find many sort of just like yeah, you know you won't, yeah. you won't find many players people who are just sort of on the fence with him. Uh, definitely talented for sure, yeah. but um, yeah, like you say, got got quite a few skeletons in the closet, yeah. as you might say. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those things where you know if you can get a team to believe in him and actually, you know, see him for what he is as a player and see those splash plays and and see him for sort of the, the physical specimen that he is because he's quite athletic, quite surprisingly, yeah. I would say. Um, he's a good interior rusher, um, but you know, it's one of those things where you. If you just totally turned off by him and you turned off by him, then you're not going to pick him. Uh, but you know, we yeah. say it all the time that it still takes one team to believe. But yeah, definitely yeah. an interesting prospect for sure. Yeah, he feels like one of them players that a few teams are just they're not. He's not going to be on the board, is he? But uh, no. no, yeah, he was one of the players. I think the good stuff was really good, but there were just not tons and tons of it, was it? I think it's that sort of thing. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think after his problem, he's like one of these classic ones. I think the team I think I saw when I was looking up about him is like describes a new man sort of thing, well, his teammates and coaches and all that stuff. Mm. So mm. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. But yeah, he's definitely gonna have. Uh, but he's, he feels like one of the players you can get maybe later in the draft and just take a punt on, and he might play, pay, out, pay out for you. Yeah, like you know, we see it every year, don't we, with, with players where you know someone falls. One person that springs to mind when you were talking about that is Kyle Lawson from a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, he, he was being talked up as like a first round pick and slid into the fourth round, and now he's the Bengals' best pass rusher. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's players like that who, yeah, like you say, can slip and then they end up being a massive bargain for them on. When they were actually quite heralded as well yeah. by a lot of people, and you think, oh, they've slipped for reasons. Yeah, and so I think sometimes you just got to take a chance of these sort of characteristics, haven't you? And Especially, especially late, <laughs> yeah. later in their draft, then it doesn't really matter, does it, if they uh, never even play a game for you, but if they can work out, he definitely feels like that sort of player. No, exactly. Like, a lot of day three players yeah. have a very short career, and maybe some don't even make the team that they're, yeah. you know, in training camp, so it doesn't really matter, does it? You know? No. There's not a lot of uh, players that get massive hits later in the draft anyway, so you are just taking no. flyers on, on people, and if they hit, they hit at the end of the day, like you said. Yeah, at the same, at that stage, he is definitely that sort of player... Uh, one just take a flyer mm. and just hope for the best, but so I'm yeah. not trying to take him. There's some of these other players that probably will get taken ahead of him, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, so. that's the, that's the classic uh, way that the draft isn't it? You see, um, yeah. head scratches 
you know, each year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be getting to the fifth round and taking sort of low uh, low ceiling guys, really, for me. It's no, just, no, yeah, It's all about upside, isn't it? And yeah. what you can get and what, you, what ingredients you're getting. Yeah. Well, I think that's all wraps up. Is there any, any other players you think sort of... Any other sort of sleepers out there or any other players you want to talk about? Um, there's Rinal Wren as well from Arizona State. I quite like him. Um, again, he, you know, he's, he's sort of... Uh, He's not going to have any web running up with him. I think I've I've got him quite well down. I think I've got him in the top hundred of my board, but not not like super high, not super low. Yeah. Just a player that I quite like, like the look of, and probably would make it into my top ten of this exercise. But um, just another name, really. Yeah. Probably just going to be another guy <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the league. But yeah, just a player that I've seen some potential in, maybe. Yeah, definitely be a starter, can't he? Or eventually, or sort of at yeah, least contribute. Like. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like we just like we mentioned, we're talking about rotations now. Defensive players. Yeah. We're talking about three or four starters, depending on what system you play. We're not talking about that. We're talking about six, seven guys now. You know, and if you if you can pick him up in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and like we've just been saying, if you get some sort of contribution, then that's a win. Yeah, yeah. and that that's sort of all you really, If you can get anyone who even plays sort of semi regular snaps at that stage is a it's a win really, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, definitely. Especially if they you know they're making splash plays if they're getting sacks or tackles for loss as a defensive line and then you're on to a winner. Yeah. Okay. Well um that brings to the end. So um yeah, where can where can they find you on Twitter and, you know, as usual your uh, the other podcast? Yeah, sure. So I've said this in the past, but uh, yeah, my handle on Twitter is at Wakefield ninety. Um, and then you can find me uh, elsewhere on the Full 10 Yards. That's my other podcast that I co-host. Uh, bi-weekly podcast, just talking everything about the NFL. Um, obviously got quite a lot of content on the site. Obviously we've been in the off-season, just working through the divisions and kind of playing the GM at this point. And yes. uh, we're asking ourselves, where do they go from here? And yeah, I really like some of them. Currently doing the... Sorry, say that again? I really like some of them. Was it, was it the... I can't think what division I was reading them all this week anyway. I, I read a few of them. That, yeah, I really liked them. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah we we're um, we're doing the AFC South this this uh, this week. Uh, oh, we've yeah. done we've done the North, we've done both North divisions, uh, doing the AFC South and then the NFC South next week, and then we'll work That's... ourselves with the East and the West, obviously, respectively. Um, and yeah, just just a bit of the series that we're putting together, just before we move into the the draft stuff that we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth uh, definitely worth a read. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, well, I, uh, you can find us. Um, we're first and ten underscore and first and ten on Facebook, and you know all, all the same stuff. Say at the end of every podcast, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on because well, no, my we're pleasure. Slowly running out of these. So it's, uh, there's not too many yeah. left now. What we got? Three, three left. Running backs next week, and then just quarterbacks and edges. Yeah, right? I think that's right. Yeah, and then I think we might be going to do like some sort of mock draft. I imagine and. Sort of, yeah, and then, good. yeah, I don't know, maybe some listeners' questions, something like that. I don't know. So, on those sort of lines, but yeah, only awesome. a few left. So, yeah, I think next yeah. week's going to be a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because if it feels like every running back in, in the draft is sort of falling, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't feel like any of them are putting up a particularly good performance in uh, like really. the combine think, and pro days and stuff. Yeah, this could be someone where if we, if we both did a top five, it could be completely different. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't, I, there's none that sort of stand out, is there, or stand out for. Miles ahead of the others, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough, tough group, I would say, for compared sure. to some of these other ones we've had of late. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we're going to ruin next week's podcast, but there's, there's probably one 
uh, maybe more sort of ahead of the others, and he's kind of falling. Yeah. Not, not a yeah, that's way. it. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was talking about, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He hasn't done his stock any 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 real uh, sort of good as he over these last few weeks, but no, not really. We'll, we'll see when we get there next week. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So, so yeah, we'll have that out. Yeah, let's see. Uh, okay, well, thanks for coming on again, and uh, no we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you now. Take care. Don't wanna drown no more. Sick of the same old people. Kind that'll sell your soul. Trade it for a shining stone. Ain't nothing in this life for free. Running from the greatest evil. Finally, don't own me. A man's gotta fight temptation.